This is Adam Meister, the Bitcoin Meister, the Disrupt Meister. Welcome to This Week in Bitcoin, Super Spreading Bitcoin 2022. Today is January the 7th, 2022. Oh yeah, we are here. Strong hand, be a unique beast. No circuit breakers in Bitcoin, never bored. Solution over sympathy, innovation over interference. Buying over crying. I'm offended by selling. Oh, yeah, especially on a day like this. One day closer to it all time. Hi, hello, my elite friends. You've got questions. I've got answers. Ask the questions in the super chat. Um, I, I want to say this is the 244th This Week in Bitcoin show in the history of the show. Wow. I've been doing this for some time. And Brandon Quinton is back. Keep it simple. Bitcoin is back. The rational who you guys know and love from Twitter makes his debut. I want to thank Craig Ship for the $5. We only need 72 more dollars to get a one Bitcoin show later in the week. And yeah, dudes, Florida dreaming on such a winter's day. You know, Cass Elliott used to sing about that. I think it was Florida. Well, anyway, so remember Bitcoin Miami conference it's Bitcoin 2022. It's going to be a blast. We're going to talk about that. Some of us were at the Bitcoin 2021. It's going to be April 6th to 9th. Discount code below. Adam 10. Use it. Link on it. Click on it. Buy your tickets. I'm going to be there. There's going to be, oh, I'm just so excited to meet people in person. Uh, it's, it's going to be unbelievable. We we will talk about that. So this, this show, for those of you that are not watching this slide there is an order to this show so you can skip ahead i actually we're going to talk about the price first for all you weak hands out there that panicked and that'll blend into talking about rate hikes from the fed and then baby we are going to get down with brandon quinton's article about bitcoin mining uh and, and energy and ecology oh my lord what, what, how he is he breaks this down in the way how you could FUD have believe energy FUD after this article. It's already linked below. All these guys are linked to below. Pound that like button. Coin's 13th birthday was earlier this week. We'll talk about that. Supreme Court uh, is coming out with uh, a decision or a mandate. Is that going to spook the market? And of course, we'll talk about Florida being the freest place in the United States, possibly, and what we're going to do on April 6th to 9th at the Bitcoin 2022 conference. I want to start it off with a, uh, a quote from Brandon here. Bitcoin rewards the productive class at the expense of the political class. I want that, that should inspire people right there. Big rewards the productive class at the expense of the political class. Be productive, build your freaking cities around Bitcoin mining places. Don't complain and say the whole world's going to end. We need energy for progress, for production, all right? And by the way, it is January the 7th. Oh my, what an anniversary, we all sad, oh. And what happened a year ago? Oh, no, we're not. What I'm talking about, baby, a year ago, January 7th, the first time Bitcoin ever hit $40,000. New all-time high, baby. We're one closer, one day closer to all-time high. Once again, that's the way it works around here. You can cry about some building getting desecrated, or you can become rich from $40,000 freaking Bitcoin. So now people cry. Saying, oh, it's dropping down to $40,000. Get some perspective, people. Get some perspective, for God's sakes. It's only been a year since it first entered the $40,000 realm. I'm tired of this complaining. We only have 27 months to the next Bitcoin half. So you can acquire about buildings and riots and whatever, 
or you could be a buyer baby. And this is an opportune time for buying the freaking Bitcoin. And so we're going to start off talking about the freaking Bitcoin price. And we'll start with the rational root. He's a new guy here. Um, and you, there's a tweak below where he has this freaking complex graph. I don't even fully understand the whole thing. I was trying to think about it before the show. I'm going to need more time to study it. The 2021 cycle so far gave us 32 blue dots, which are all-time highs. We had 72 in the 2017 cycle and 52 in the 2013 cycle. But the fireworks begin. So you're implying that this cycle isn't over, that we've got more all-time highs coming in the 2021 cycle, even though it's 2022. I got to tell you, I don't care if we're if this is the beginning of the bear market. I don't care. Because I know we're one day closer to all-time high. It's about holding. It's about being a unique beast. Rational root, take it away. <laughs> Are thanks, you there, thanks, Adam. That was a fantastic intro. I, I couldn't have done it any better. Your, your intros are the best, as always. Um, yeah, no, it doesn't matter. If we go to, into the bear market, we'll have a bear market. But uh, I, I think there's still uh, more for 2022 20, to expect. I, I think the, we're not yet ready for a bear market. We haven't had a parabolic move up. And uh, so even if we would make like a bear market, I, I wouldn't think it would be like a, like a year or a year and a half bear market. You know, I couldn't imagine that. It goes both ways. So if you don't go up parabolically, you also don't have the downside as, as, as much, right? So, so I think uh, we're, we're still good. I mean, obviously, we are below some critical levels. And, you know, in Bitcoin, uh, you know, short-term holders are at a loss. And uh, we're below the one trillion market cap, and that's not all that positive. But um, but still, I think 40k is uh, is good support. Uh, I think uh, yeah, I think I think uh, we can stand firm here, and uh, I, I think you can even see it. People are buying buying this dip already. Uh, some some on-chain indicators like um, uh, dormancy flow or so show that that we're at bottom levels. Uh, you know, even comparable to like the crash, uh, the Corona crash in March uh, uh, of 2020. So, um, you know, that that those are good signs. And uh, yeah, so I think there's still more in play. Uh, the chart you were referring to, I, I think it was the spiral chart, right? Yes. Uh, this, uh, Yeah, so there are several versions of that spiral chart. I was not the creator of the initial spiral chart, but I've surely worked upon this, uh, this concept. I, I loved it. And uh, I've been exploring uh, Bitcoin through that chart as well. And, uh, and so, so I have one version, uh, which I think is the most accurate version. Uh, and that is the, the, the having hype spiral chart. You can find it on my Twitter and uh, that starts at the halving, and uh, it, uh, it it actually shows that you know potential uh, we could have like a, a peak in, in in March or so, or even early April. And uh, so we will see. Uh, but but as you said, it doesn't matter. You know, Bitcoin long term will go up, and uh, you know. Uh, even I would recommend for most people, you know, to not start trading. You know, mostly you will lose. It's better just to stack sats and uh, look uh, look forward to the next halving and uh, you know, long term. Nobody in Bitcoin with uh, you know that has been in Bitcoin for four years has been at a loss. You know, so uh, so that should uh, give you some some confidence. All right. So I love how you use the term having hype. First of all, <laughs> I love it. I love it. And guess what? It's the next halving's March of 2024. It's not that far away, baby. Uh, let's start. The, let's start the halving hype now. If you got a true strong hand, you know 
you got to hang on until then. Um, real quick though, and, and people check out his spiral chart or, or the spiral chart. It, it's uh, it's linked below. Uh, the, the thing I, I do want to just ask, I guess the, the entire panel though, uh, but but before we, we leave you, Root, uh, do you do you think uh, this has anything to do? You know, the prices obviously went down since the year started. Uh, with the Fed uh, saying that uh, basically we're going to have a, a rate hikes. Yeah, so I, I'm by no means an expert on uh, on the Fed and the Fed policies, but uh, but sure, I uh, yeah, I think there's um, there's not really enough data yet, um, you know, to 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 know what Bitcoin will do. Uh, I, I, it's it's still unclear at this point if Bitcoin is influenced by that uh, at all. Um, but in gold, we can see actually that if there are uh, rate hikes, that that the gold price has moved up. So, uh, but Bitcoin obviously is not gold; uh, it's gold 2.0, and so it's a it's a different asset. Uh, it's uh, still relatively early, uh, so it's it's really difficult to say what will happen uh, because of that. But I don't think this drop is because of that. To be honest, I think uh, I mean the, the the drop from from uh, just. The last two days was mainly liquidations, future liquidations. There's a lot of derivatives, but the Bitcoin ecosystem became quite complex compared to previous cycles. And so we just had a lot of uh, long liquidations and, and those moved the price down significantly. And uh, yeah, I, that's for me, that means good hope that we can recover fairly soon even from that. So uh, the, the, the Fed, yeah. The Fed rate hikes, uh, I don't know, to be honest, what to answer to that. It's like uh, it's difficult to say uh, how much influence it will have on the Bitcoin market. Uh, equities seem to be influenced by it uh, and, and and Bitcoin seems to be correlated to equities as well. So so there there are some positives there, um, uh, but, but we will have to see. I mean, I could also initially expect, you know, just as the stock market will likely maybe drop, you know, because, uh, you know, on this news and, and Bitcoin might be correlated to that as well a little bit. So initial because, you know, of risk, you you tend to, you know, go out of risk, risk assets. So uh, Bitcoin is still seen as a risk asset, uh, and even though, uh, you know, uh, it's, it's not that risky <laughs> long term, if you know, if you truly understand it. But um, but that's just what it is. And so so I could see an initial uh, drop or like uh, negative price pressure because of it, uh, but uh, but I think it will quickly recover, you know, as it always has. It, it's it's very interesting. It, it's it's very interesting. You brought up correlated uh, correlated assets, and uh, Bitcoin is supposed to be uncorrelated with with everything, and it just seems like sometimes it is correlated. Uh, at least people make up their mind to sell their Bitcoin based on. Some is some issues that I, I wouldn't make me sell, but anyway, uh, Brandon, your your take on the uh, Fed Fed rate hikes and uh, Bitcoin price and, and what's going on? Yeah, absolutely. So first, I, I agree pretty much with what Root said there. I don't see a prolonged bear market in the future. We haven't had a fork top. It'd be very surprising. Um, and you know, things also on the on the other hand, I'm surprised that we are sitting around forty right now. Right. And so another reason to stay humble and stack um, this thing, this thing is, is not uh, changing its upward pressure over the long term, but short term. Yeah, things are getting kind of weird out there uh, with regards to correlation. I think that's a very interesting argument. And, I, and it's undoubtedly correlated to S&P 500 more than it ever has been this year. Uh, honestly, since COVID uh, 2020 crash, 
And Suzu from Three Arrows Capital, kind of a, a trader whale, he, he laid out a thesis on Twitter this week that I thought made sense, which was that in March 2020, uh, a lot of true Bitcoin believers were flushed out that day, uh, caught with leveraged longs, essentially uh, buying into the having hype of May 2020, right? They got caught on that day. They got flushed out. Um, and what, what he saw was that macro trader bros came into the market then sort of following on to the uh, printing money hype uh, thesis. And so a bunch of new buyers, right, the macro guys bought Bitcoin. And that led to increased correlation to the S&P. And then, okay, a predictable end of the year sell-off, uh, selling into the liquidity as the price was breaking new all-time highs, right? That's pretty standard for them. And so with that, with them selling now, we're essentially allowing the, the true believers, the hardcore hodlers to reaccumulate the price, right? And so I think that that actually is healthy for another move up in 2022. Wow. That, that thesis, I mean, about the bros coming in and then the correlation starting then, that is some good stuff, man. It makes perfect sense. I said, you know, it seems like it's sometimes correlated. Well, that's when the sometimes started, I guess. Uh, very good theory. I'm glad you brought that up. Best freaking guest in the space. Pound that like button, people. Uh, you actually use the term true believer. And I just want to use this to plug the book, True Believer. Um, I listened to the audiobook. I was driving to Fayetteville, Arkansas, where I am right now. Um, that's by Eric Hofer. Uh, if you want to know about mass movements, uh, read that or listen to it. I, I might link to it below and I immediately thought about the Obama campaign from 2008. It's like he's describing it, but it was written in the, uh, uh, it's the 1960s. And uh, just uh, we're living through a time of many true believers jumping into many mass movements and like true believers in very bad ways and mass movements in very bad ways. Uh, that's just a side. I got sidetracked there because you inspired me by using that term. Uh, everyone can do their own research on that. So let's get back to... Uh, you never know what you're going to hear. Let's get back to a uh, price and uh, keep it simple. Bitcoin. Uh, do you have anything to add to the conversation here? You, you'd like to keep it simple, uh, teaching people uh, the, the basics of Bitcoin, how to store their freaking Bitcoin and uh, that you're doing that is good so that they're not tempted to freaking sell it on days like this where so many people uh, or on days like March 12th and 13th of uh, 2020 that Brandon referred to. Where so, where so many became weak hands, but yet I bought two Bitcoin that day for $10,000 total and became even wealthier. But continue, uh, uh, keep, keep it simple, Bitcoin. What do you have to say about the price action? Keep it simple. I'm, I'm muted. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Come on, keep it simple. We're, we're very excited to hear you. All right. You're struggling with the mute. While, while you uh, figure that out, uh, we are going to... God almighty. I'll, I'll read a, something from the audience here. Uh, M. Rhett sent five bucks. It, well, euros, five euros. Really appreciate your kind and your uh, intelligent and kind character. Cheers from Germany, Air Meister. Well, Cheers to you. I hope you're drinking a lot of beer over there now and staying warm and uh, breaking all the rules that your country's uh, inflicting upon you with uh, not insane rules. I believe in Austria and Germany of all places, <laughs> after the history 
that they can't, they're not standing up to totalitarianism. Okay, we lost uh, Keep It Simple, uh, but he shall return. So let's let's jump into Brandon's article then about uh, about the glories of Bitcoin mining. And I want to read you, um, I want to, well, before that, I do want to remind everyone about the Fed, just so you didn't believe me, the minutes show that the Federal Open Markets Committee is in favor of raising short-term rates sooner or at a faster pace than participants had earlier anticipated. So, so there you go. That scared some people. I mean, why people still worship that centralized entity is beyond my understanding. But OK, let's move to uh, energy. Generate more energy, not less, increases quality of life for all. I want everybody to remember that. Keep that in mind. Bitcoin is a pioneer species exploring Bitcoin mining through the lens of ecology. This branded awesome article, uh, which is linked to below. And I'm going to read from it. And then he's going to he's going to expand upon everything. Uh, Bitcoin basically equals a universal digital property rights and mastery over energy. Pillars of progress in the 21st century. Again, I keep. I love the, the progress that Bitcoin uh, brings to this world. There is no optimistic version of the future in which humanity does not use significantly more energy than it does today. Energy consumption is directly correlated with GDP. Want to help developing countries, help them harness more energy. Interestingly, Bitcoin acts as a free market subsidy for energy investment, incentivizes developing otherwise uneconomical energy sources, as these new latent energy sources come online, humans will follow energy resources, resulting in the great spreading out. So this is the thing, people. When you tap energy that cannot be, was previously untappable, okay, you build around that. There's more progress in this world. Cities are going to prop up around, pop up around places in the desert where they figured out how to generate a, energy that a Bitcoin mining helps uh, subsidize it. So with that in mind, you have to ignore the people that put this FUD into the world, that using more energy destroys the world, is killing us. It's the complete opposite. It's bringing prosperity this, to this world. And if Bitcoin mining can help increase the and find, make economically uh, palatable uh, resources, energy resources that previously were not uh, profitable, then let's do it, baby. So Brandon's written an article talks about it in the uh, in the ecology light and talks about uh, di different ecosystems uh, and, and their evolutions over time and how that uh, relates to Bitcoin. So take it away. I garbled some there at the end, but Brandon, you can explain everything better than I can. Yeah, thanks for that, Adam. Really appreciate it. Uh, this is a yeah, new essay, as mentioned. It's on Medium. I published it through the Bitcoin Times, which is a publication, a curated publication that Alex Fetsky makes. On my Twitter, you'll find a thread, uh, a long thread summarizing a long article. It's 6,000 some words. So start with the thread if, it, if that sounds like a lot. Um, we go through all the mining process, incentives, energy, proof of work, all of the implications here. And I think from a Bitcoin standpoint, we all understand the sound money side, right? Bitcoin offers universal property rights to the planet, but the secondary effects uh, spurred off by proof of work are much less well understood. And it's my belief that that incentivizes humans as a species to master energy, to learn how to harness more of it, to how to harness it at a lower cost, more efficiency. And if we do that long term, we might reach what, what some people call energy abundance, 
which is that the marginal cost of new energy is so low that humans can sort of just not have energy as a constraint for our development. And if you look through ecology, which is a, a sect of biology, kind of like systems thinking for biology, it's looking at a whole ecosystem. And a large part of that is how does energy flow through the system? How do different organisms harness energy, right? Like sun, photons hit plants, plants convert that energy into a new form of energy, then animals eat the plants, then bigger animals eat the animals, and then humans come in and eat whatever we want, right? That's sort of like the pyramid of energy usage in an e ecosystem. And energy is always the limiting factor. Everyone's just running around trying to get more energy. And that, I, I thought that was a nice way to look at Bitcoin. And specifically, the thesis here is about uh, pioneer species, which is a unique type of species in biology. And what pioneer species do is that they're the first organisms to a desolate landscape. Let's say a volcano erupts and wipes out all life on an island. How does life repopulate that island? Right. You need these special pioneer species that colonize it first. Usually this is a lichen, so a plant fungi symbiosis, or it would be like special plants that uh, travel their seeds through the ocean and just happen to land. Or maybe they're plants that uh, use birds to drop their seeds onto these new plants or these new islands. Then what happens? OK, this unique species comes, it burrows into this desolate landscape and it kickstarts the ecological process called succession, uh, which is essentially just bootstrapping life from nothing to to a more complex ecosystem. So uh, they, they come in there, they, they trans they transition the land and then uh, new plants come after that process has been kicked off. Then eventually uh, bigger and more complex life takes over. Uh, that ecosystem. And uniquely, the pioneer species are suited for the beginning process, but not the end. So they actually get kicked out and they have to leave and colonize new territory. Now, how does this relate to Bitcoin? Well, Bitcoin miners actually colonize energy deserts or they, they, they make it more economical to bootstrap brand new energy assets that couldn't work before. Why? Because Bitcoin miners are captive customers. So they essentially decrease the capital costs to create a new energy asset. And then that, what does new energy lead to? Okay, industry come in to take advantage of that cheap energy. Well, if industry is there, then you need workers. And if workers are there, you need housing and services. And before long, an energy desert turns into a, a center for human flourishing, um, similar to that pioneer species. So that's kind of the high level thesis. Um, one more point here. I mean, we could go all day on this, but one more point is why. OK, why did I write this? Um, and I think the main reason is because people don't really understand energy very well. Um, you can see bad takes all over the Internet about this. And, OK, bad takes on the Internet's one thing, but we're also seeing poor policy decisions coming from a lack of understanding here. Look no further than Germany's energy prices, prices skyrocketing. Well, what did they do? They, they virtue signaled about wind and solar and they got rid of a bunch of nuclear plants. Big surprise. OK, that's not a good that's not a good thing for our species. Um, and proof of work is the hardest part about Bitcoin to understand. And so I, I put together a cheeky line, which I actually ripped off from, well, I don't know, one of the late night talk show hosts. Uh, I kind of like perverted his his framing, but it goes, excuse me, uh, Bitcoin mining is everything you don't understand about energy combined with everything you don't understand about Bitcoin. And I try to just kind of uh, shine a light on some of these things. They're very, very important for our species. Wow, dude, that is a, 
I'm glad you got that from the late night talk shows, Sunil. Uh, that's so mindless. The late night talk shows are so mindless. You made something great from that. So that is that is a great scene there. And indeed, you are you're doing God's work in in terms of fighting this uh, this fud, this energy fud. Okay, uh, because it has just become the popular. And, and 2022, we can make some predictions here. I I think the well, there's going to be two major fuds uh, coming toward Bitcoin. That it's uh well that it's racist or something like that something woke ridiculous that that's so out of the ordinary that you, you couldn't imagine it five years ago but it's it's true it's it's not, it's not true that it's true but it's true that they're 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 stooping that low but this energy thing because the en- fear of energy fear of energy abundance vilifying energy abundance uh it you know we're we're living in, in a world where the propaganda is completely backwards it's it, it's te- it's lying to people saying if we produce more that is bad <laughs> that that kill us uh, abundance will kill us is what they're saying not that it will uh you know bring people out of poverty so and people just they eat it up they i, I guess people like to be sad and they don't want to be in motion they 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 really love the storyline of let's uh, let's save the whole world by turning the world off and stopping progress. And I, I, I just don't think they don't see it that way. But it, it's pretty simple. If you, you if we use less energy on this planet, um, we're going to go backward. We're going to we're going to have to go go in the bathroom in the woods again. OK, it's it, it's not fun. Uh, but uh, would you propose and would just so inspiring? I, I can envision envision it now. These dudes, you know, going to uh, places that were previously inhospitable and uh, mining, mining Bitcoin and then making these uh, energy resources, you know, building cities around these energy resources. And then eventually you build a whole city there. Uh, the Bitcoin miners move on, just like you said, the, 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 the pioneering species, they thrive only in certain environments. Then they move to a new environment. So it's 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 exciting stuff. It's, it's a good it's a good article. I, I think it's uh, inspirational. We've got uh, Rational Root. Did you have any comments on the article? Uh, if you had any time to read it, yeah, I just I just read it uh, before the show, and uh, I I was amazed. Uh, really uh, awesome work, Brandon. Uh, it's it's such a good explanation of uh, of proof of work, which I think is vital for Bitcoin and uh, to under- also into understanding Bitcoin properly. And you did an excellent job with comparing it to uh, like nature. So that is that is in- really an awesome job. I- I'm sure. Sure, I'll, I'll share it on my Twitter, and uh, you know, I, I I think everyone should read it to be honest, because it's a it's a very good article, and I, I loved how you had the analogies in there with the moose and the wolves, like for a difficulty adjustment. Uh, I really think it's a good explanation, and and it's true. I mean, Bitcoin's invention or the technologies that Bitcoin uses, they are not new. You know, they're a combination of things that were already out there, and uh, and you show it through that article, and you did it in a fantastic way, and I I think yeah. Yeah, energy is is a very misunderstood concept, uh, and uh, I, I agree fully with your analysis there. And uh, yeah, I think you know climate change caused us, you know, society to be like cautious about energy consumption somehow, you know, and that's a fallacy. And I think um, you know uh, people, yeah, through through this article, I'm sure you know people will you know get it, you know, that it that that the more more energy consumption is better for humanity. Though I I uh, there's one thing I do want to mention. Obviously like it's still good to be energy efficient, you know, like if you can have a 
a fridge that is twice as efficient as as another fridge like yeah sure you know we should you should we should aim for using the efficient fridge right like in in that sense so so and i i think you know one uh side effect you know good side effect may maybe from like bad policies from from uh you know the fiat system in a way that uh, you know climate change policies is that you know people are more aware um of their energy consumption and and therefore also incentivized to to think more in like energy e efficiency you know because that and that is like you know a benefit maybe from like all these bad policies that we think more of like energy efficiency which is still a good thing right we and and, and that is one thing that that bitcoin does so well as well you know bitcoin uh, you know mining it it takes for example uh, excess energy uh, you know that that it converts into bitcoin and that is like fantastic because that is like we, we're actually tapping into uh, oh, we're actually using untapped resources there and uh, that that normally would have been a waste and that that is like efficiency in a way so so uh, i think uh, yeah that's uh, that's all overall what i have to say about it but uh, really uh, congrats on the article I, 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 I want to say I'm, so glad, I'm glad you brought up the energy efficiency right there because in the article, Brandon mentions how with, with the current grid system, uh, they, they have to they produce excess energy. And there comes along the Bitcoin miners to eat it all up to efficiently, you know, when they have too much, uh, when they when they're wasting energy, uh, Bitcoin's there. They turn on the miners, they, they eat it all up and, and help the current grid system also. I don't know, Brandon, if you have anything else to say about that. Yeah, it's a really important point, right? And I think just a level here, I think most people who are attacking Bitcoin's energy consumption, they have good intentions. However, their ignorance around the energy markets is exposed when they propose solutions and how they attack Bitcoin for, quote, wasting energy. Uh, it's completely nonsense. And to your previous point about the grid, yeah, all the grids produce between two, three or four X the amount of energy that they need for any average day. Why? Because they have to satisfy the hardest, most demanding days of the year. So, for example, uh, the hottest day of the year in the south means everyone's running their AC, which means demand for energy is really high. But a normal day, the demand is only like one third of what those peak days are. So essentially, we have to build in redundant energy into the grid. And what does that energy do day to day? Uh, well, it gets completely wasted. Why does it get wasted? Well, because transmitting energy long distances is really hard and really expensive and you lose a lot over the distance. So you can't really transport energy. So demand has to be next to supply. And the next option would be batteries. Well, batteries are also really expensive, horrible for the environment, and they're not very good either. And so the, the result of this is demand must match supply. That's our challenge here. And okay, we want renewable energy, right? The progressive want renewables. Well, renewables actually produce energy when we don't need it. Uh, if you want to learn more about this, Google the duck curve. And what that essentially says is that, okay, solar panels, let's take that as an example. So the sun shines during the day, okay? The daytime is when the demand for energy is lowest. Why? Because people are at work, okay? So this, the solar panels are producing energy that nobody needs, which means it gets completely wasted. And then when people come home from work, the demand spikes while the sun goes down and there's no more solar power. So it's totally mismatched. That's the duck curve. Well, good thing Bitcoin miners come in and they buy up all that excess energy. So they actually make the renewable model more efficient, which is ironic. The next thing to, to fight against the progressive voice uh, fighting Bitcoin here is that, okay, progressive people want to help the little guy. Great, so do I. 
let, let, how about we do this intelligently? Okay, energy is upstream of prosperity. Energy is what we need to create fertilizer. Energy is what we need to create food, to heat our house, to cool our house, to get to move around, to build things, right? And the poor people, uh, they actually spend a large percentage of their budget on energy-related things. And so if you want to help the developing countries or the poor people, you actually want to make more energy at a lower cost and wider distribution, okay? You can look at a chart if you don't believe me, energy consumption directly correlated to GDP. Not a perfect metric, but it's very clear that energy is a prerequisite for uh, flourishing. And if you can look at developing countries, their energy costs are three to four X what we have in the US. Okay, so more energy to developing countries is the most important thing we can do if you want to help, help them. And there's a big barrier here. That barrier is that energy capital expenditures. So, that, you know, you're going to go build a geothermal plant or a nuclear plant or some, any energy facility. It's very capital intensive. OK, developing countries don't have a lot of capital and they're not really that great ROI projects. So you're not seeing international aid do this very much. Well, in comes Bitcoin. What does Bitcoin do? Bitcoin decreases that capital cost and risk of building a new energy asset by being captive demand early on. So it actually incentivizes net new energy assets. And this is massive for places in Africa, let's say, where they have abundant natural resources. They have incredible amounts of geothermal right under the ground. All they have to do is get the capex to fund it. Bitcoin decreases that ROI and makes it possible. So if you're a progressive, you should be for Bitcoin mining, not against it. You should be supporting energy. You should be supporting nuclear. Uh, oh, man, this stuff gets me fired up. That's enough. Uh, they, they call themselves progressives. They, they call themselves progressives. They're, they're regressive, man. That's, uh, that's, don't, don't, don't honor that term there. Uh, and it, it, it seems we do live in a world today where people become blinded immediately. Well, if it helps my enemy, my political enemy, it must be bad. Uh, they, they, they don't have an open mind where it, it can help the people that they want to help also. But hey, that's, uh, we live in a closed-minded world today. Uh, and, uh, but you, you, really, you really put it all out there in the article. I, I, I can't recommend it enough uh, to everyone that's uh, watching right now. So everybody, uh, definitely check it out. It's linked below. Keep it simple. Bitcoin was here. Then uh, he left again. Oh, oh man, we're we're uh, we're going uh, we're going uh, we're going we're going two man here, man. We're we're missing our we're missing our third dude. That's all right, uh, Brandon. Uh, so well, anyway, before we we're going to move on in a second, but I do want to see if uh, rational root if you have anything else to say about uh, Bitcoin mining was is and, and Brandon's article. Yeah, just uh, to mention the, the mining ban we had in China, you know, the 50% drop in hash rate. And, uh, you know, uh, you saw how Bitcoin just went on without a blink, basically, you know, like we, uh, it works very well. And, and I think, um, you know, I'm happy actually with, uh, with uh, because there previously was a lot of FUD, you know, out of China, you know, dirty energy, coal using for mining, you know, that was a big, uh, you know, a lot of FUD, you know, it cost, uh, it, it was difficult in the debate against Bitcoin's energy consumption to like say, okay, you know, they're, they're using coal to mine it. And, and so uh, I think, you know, the mining ban from China was like great for this actually, like to, to reduce the amount of FUD because uh, energy, like now I think Michael Saylor also had a good influence on that, you know, to, um, you know, to basically try to support like uh mining uh like and tap into like untouched resources or, or like uh, 
un untapped resources basically like excess energy from um from water and whatever uh, uh sources that can be used for bitcoin and and i think um yeah i think that is uh compared to like previous years i think 2022 will have uh is, is actually in 2021 we solved quite a lot of that fud and i think uh, you know with articles that you that, that you wrote now brandon i think uh, it will further help to understand energy itself better and so we can we can all you know those are very good arguments against the fight we had, you know, like, so, so I think, um, I, I think the worst to be honest is behind us in, in terms of like energy fight for Bitcoin. Um, don't you think while well, still climate change is, uh, is there, no, you guys don't agree. I, I think it's, Oh, they're just ramping it up, baby. This is going to be the year. I mean, ESG is creeping into every single corporate boardroom. Every single corporate boardroom is trying a virtue signal about, about energy so it, they, they and the environment so they might not actually become more uh environmentally friendly or whatever but they're going to keep talking that talk and that just puts it out there into the popular culture that everyone has to buy into the esg narrative that everyone in everything they do in life has to worry about the environment and bitcoin doesn't worry about the environment so they're the they're the big devil uh, I, I really, I really, I see it percolating. I see, I see it building in, in the in the mainstream culture. I don't know. I was going to ask you, Brandon. Do you think this is that the fud is only going to increase? Yeah. So to piggyback off Ruth's point and and your question here, Adam, um, the information is now out there, and it's abundantly clear that Bitcoin is not bad for the environment. It's either neutral or going to be a massive net positive, which is what I argue. However, sadly, our world does not does not deal in facts and logic very often we like stories and narrative and we're tribal and we're emotional and we're predictably irrational and so the sad reality is i don't see people figuring this out very very soon um, partially because people are time poor and the amount of investment required to understand this stuff is pretty great and people don't have time and they'd rather just cling to their little tribe anyway and outsource their thinking um, at the same time I'm optimistic that the fact that reality is on our side here, the facts are on our side here. And what I think is the most important way to fight back against this FUD is to actually uh, increase the symbiosis between energy producers and Bitcoin miners. OK, I'm going to give a shout out to a local company here in Minnesota called Compute North, and they are a mining infrastructure company. They essentially partner with energy providers behind the meter, as they say, which means they're buying energy that never really touches the energy market grid. So it's excess energy, essentially. And they buy it at really low cost. And then they, they mine Bitcoin with it or they sell uh, rack space to other miners. And the interesting thing here is they moved into Kearney, Nebraska. Kearney, Nebraska had a uh, contract on the line. I think it was with Google or Amazon or whatever for massive data centers. Then at the last second, the, the company pulled out and they just essentially screwed over Kearney, Nebraska. So they had a massive energy production facility and no customers. So in comes Compute North. They build out the infrastructure and they start mining. Then what happens? Kearney, Nebraska has lower, lowered their energy price for their citizens because the Bitcoin miners are effectively subsidizing that energy by buying it in such large quantities. They also employ a dozen people. And now what? Kearney, Nebraska loves Bitcoin miners because it directly relates or directly improves their community. So now this exact relationship is playing out all over the world. 
What does that do? Bitcoin miners create allies locally wherever they go. And so let's say the federal government or maybe it'll go state by state and they say, hey, we don't like Bitcoin mining, you know, knock it off. We're going to penalize you somehow. You're going to have cities like Kearney, Nebraska stand up and say, hey, wait a minute. You're taking away tax revenue. You're increasing energy prices. You're destabilizing our grid if you attack proof of work. And so I think that's the voice we need watching local jurisdictions stand up to big, bad government and poor policy choices. Um, and yeah, I think it's going to get a lot worse on the ground game. And that's my, my answer for the most effective way to fight back. Okay, maybe I'm, I'm too rational here and uh, I'm, I'm by, by no means an energy, an, an energy expert as well. So uh, I'm happy to take your advice there. But um, I, I think like uh, if you look at Texas, for example, which they are really attracting mining, you know, like so I think those incentives and actually the, the thing you're talking about, um, you know, the, those incentives will will clar clarify, you know, upon Bitcoin. And, and you said like the facts are on our side and I think that's true. So maybe I'm too optimistic, uh, but I, I think, you know, just the incentives that play out there, for example, tax Texas, which has a big say, you know, I, I think, uh, you know, will help, you know, to to provide the 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 right information out there you know and 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 so so i i i maybe i'm too i'm too optimistic but uh yeah i i think like uh i mean if we look at the the previous years we just had this fought and there were no solid arguments you know like but but then uh, i think nick carter as well did like a lot of uh, uh he wrote a lot of articles on energy uh uh, for Bitcoin, Bitcoin mining as well, and uh, and your article and like things are you know now popping up, and I think that will like greatly benefit uh, Bitcoin. Uh, I I want to say something that was inspired by the chat here. Uh, we have proof of stake fans that are, are you know they say they 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 they're going to be the some of the ones that are going to be spreading the fud about uh, proof of work and energy and the destruction of the world, okay? So you're gonna get mainstream sources that wanna you know, write controversial articles, clickbait articles. They're gonna get people from the quote unquote cryptocurrency space to speak poorly about Bitcoin. So uh, it, it's I mean, it's in the, the proof of stake people, some of them are gonna think it's in, in their best interest to, uh, to spread a false narrative about Bitcoin. So, we're in for some interesting times uh, and Brandon is correct. Just, uh, you know, give real life examples, but we're going to have a real life problem with other, uh, some of these Ethereum people and uh, they're, they're going to go down that path. Once they, once they switch to proof of stake, um, we're going to be, there's going to be a lot of propaganda that I think a lot of people aren't going to be ready for. So I don't know, Brandon, do you have any, any thoughts on that aspect of the FUD? Yeah, I think you're absolutely right. And in, in my mind, this is absolutely disgusting behavior. Um, if you're, you know, the crypto bros, not Bitcoiners, the wider crypto space, what do they say? Oh, don't be mean to our project. We're, we're just like you. Play nice to us. Let us scam people with our pre-minds in peace. And Bitcoiners say, how about GFY? Guess we're on YouTube. We can't swear. And they don't like that very much. Um, and, you know, they beg us to play nice and then they go in front of Congress and they FUD proof of work with absolute nonsense. So I don't have any sympathy for proof of stake maximalists or anyone who FUD, FUDs Bitcoin's proof of work. And, OK, that's my like ideological argument. The practical argument here is that if you FUD Bitcoin's proof of work 
and we see some sort of regulatory response in the U.S. Um, okay, I, I don't I don't think it's going to hurt Bitcoin long term, but it will definitely change the game for Americans. And if the regulatory regime has a foothold against Bitcoin, which is by far the hardest thing to fight back on, um, what do you think's next? You think that they try to neuter Bitcoin and then they leave your little proof of stake thing going? No, your proof of stake thing is excruciatingly easy to attack and you're next on the chopping block. So grow up, uh, do the work and understand proof of work is the most important thing. Um, if you want to see some rants on proof of stake, which is one of my favorite things to do, just go to Twitter, uh, search at Bquita, my handle, and then just type in stake. You can scroll for quite a while. I, I just ruthlessly destroy proof of stake. Proof of stake is nonsense. It's, it's a, another political economy. Um, anyways, don't do that, well, people. I, I, I want to say, uh, play off of a point that you put out there. Uh, they, they think if they, some people foolishly uh, with these centralized projects, whether it be, you know, NFT, metaverse stuff, just proof of, proof of stake, whatever, that, that they take out Bitcoin, they'll be the next Bitcoin, they'll be the most popular thing on the block. What they, they don't realize and what you brought up is that these centralized entities are, they are actually shields for Bitcoin. Uh, Elizabeth Warren isn't going to be able to take down Bitcoin. She's going to be able to take down some uh Proof of work, uh, proof of stake uh, coin, uh, some some ICO, NFT, whatever you want, whatever the latest flavor of the month is. Uh, she'll you know she'll know who's behind it. She'll be able to make an example out of them, and she'll be able to virtue signal to her uh, to her constituencies. Look, I got rid of these terrorists. Uh, <laughs> it, it, it's unbelievable. So that it is shameful that anyone wants to go tell to on on Bitcoin to mommy government that uh, it's killing the environment. When in the long run, it's going to be them that's going to be taken down for the things that they they accuse Bitcoin of, but uh, by these uh, sociopathic leaders. So, okay, very very good point. I think we all uh, it, it, we know the truth here about Bitcoin energy. I'm just saying the 80 percent masses they're they're going to be influenced horribly uh, over the next year, and we're we're it, it's going to be frustrating for a lot of us uh, at, at some points. I just I just want to put it out there. Get your get your strong hands ready and if you and it's very tribal indeed these people are very tribal they must be loyal they feel very important in the energy fud community uh and read again i link to eric hopper below hand about uh mass movements you'll be able to extrapolate a lot from uh his uh book five hour audio book you if you're driving listen to it it'll it'll put a lot of perspective on what's going on in in the world today Okay, Tone Vase is appearing in the chat. What's up, Tone Vase? If that is really you, if it's a fake Tone Vase, hey, it's great for Tone Vase. It's like I'm bringing up Las Vegas, March 3rd uh, to 6th, especially March 4th and 5th is the unconfiscatable event in Las Vegas, Nevada. I am, I am going to be there. I, I'm driving across the country to get there, very slowly driving across the country, but that, that is uh, one of my uh, final destinations. I'm, I'm making it all the way to the coast for one day at least. But I hope to see all of you there. It is going to be tremendous. It's always an awesome time. People don't fear a darn thing there. Uh, it's not going to be as big as the Miami uh, conference, which will be like 30,000 freaking people. You can't fit 30,000 people into the D Hotel and Casino in downtown Las Vegas. But you can fit a lot, and it's going to be it's going to be a really uh, good time. And we'll be talking about that. And remember, be a unique beast, coin beast. I, I know Coinbeast will be at, you can get these shirts linked to below.
I do a lot of work with Coinbeast there. They are poor Bitcoin dudes. If you're into pure Bitcoin dudes, uh, they'll be in Miami. I don't know if they will be a Tones thing, but they'll be definitely in Miami. So before we talk about uh, Bitcoin's 13th birthday, I want to read a quote from uh, my boy Malandrox7. That's what he's known. That's his handle. He's known as many things in this world. The great state of Florida was the Citadel all along. Think about that for a second. For all you people that are trying to build citadels outside of the uh, United States of America, you know, keep it simple. As our guest, uh, who his internet went down, it was sad. He won't be back. As he would say, keep it simple. Um, in the United States, we have all sorts of uh, states that some are insane, some aren't insane. In Florida, they're building a lot. And uh, it, it was, I spent a time in Miami in uh, 2021. I was at the conference. I met, uh, I met Brandon in person there, actually. Uh, Brandon, are you going to be at the 2022 conference? Of course. I'll be there all week. Looking forward to it. And as I look out my window, it is negative uh, 20 degrees in Minnesota right now. So the sunshine is calling my name. Yeah, it's a Florida dreaming on such a winter's day. Seriously, uh, dudes, uh, it's it's always nice in Florida. Shout out to uh, Cass Elliott, who uh, wrote, uh, was part of the Mamas and the Papas, who sang the real song, California Dreamin'. We don't dream of California anymore, Cass Elliott, who was originally from Baltimore, Maryland. All right. So now, and was Jewish, just uh, like me, from Baltimore, Maryland. Yeah, you get all sorts of creative people. But I'm, I'm not planning to go out the way she went out. Uh, stay healthy, people. Stay stay healthy. All right. Uh, let's, uh, uh, Root, uh, do you have any... Uh, any thoughts about uh, Florida? And I think you're in a not so free place right now. And uh, if you, in theory, could uh, enter the United States, uh, would you go to the Bitcoin 2022 conference uh, coming up on April? I'm, I'm in a very free place now, actually, to be Six honest. And, uh, tonight, fun time. I, uh, oh. I will try to, uh, to be at, uh, to make it in Miami, yeah. I uh, most likely uh, I will go if they allow me there. Uh, I'll I'll, <laughs> I'll be part of it. Um, yeah, and and just to still add on, Brandon, like uh, I I, would li I like to call proof of stake as well proof of privilege. I think that's a better name for it. Oh wow, that that's great. That that reminds me of the the original quote that I read from Brandon. There, what was that? What was that? Uh, Bitcoin rewards the productive class at the expense of the political class. The political class is all about granting privileges. It's about fascism, you know, picking winners and looters. And uh, 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 proof of work, it, it doesn't work like that. So uh, good uh, good tying it all up there, dude. So what did you do on uh, Bitcoin's uh, 13th birthday, uh, Rational Root? Well, uh, I was just on Bitcoin Twitter well. mainly. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I'm... Uh... Happily celebrating proof of keys, you know, I think it's a pity that we lost uh, Trace Mayer, you know, uh, I, I know he's been on your show uh, many times, I, I've seen him uh, even back in 2016, you know, like, so uh, I, I, I still uh, miss him in the Bitcoin community, I think he was a great voice, he had so many good ideas, and, uh, you know, to talk about this week in Bitcoin, well, this week was proof of keys, right, so uh, that was a very important event, I think, and uh, it's part of the Bitcoin ethos as well, to manage your own keys, to be sovereign, and uh, so, yeah, I think we should definitely mention proof of keys. All right. Uh, that's a flashback to a name uh, we haven't heard for a while. We haven't seen him since Las Vegas in 2020 at Tone Vase's event, Unconfiscatable. He, the last time he made an appearance, uh, well, he, he was at the uh, 
at the Stammies. That was that was on video at one point, but he was on my show. Uh, and yeah, that's why we don't put people on pedestals. Proof of keys lives on. Okay, don't take your Bitcoin off of those exchanges. You don't need Trace Mayer to tell you that. And you never know. Maybe he will, he'll make a return uh, one of these days. You know, don't he, you don't need a lot of people. You know, they constantly ask me, you know, what happened to the dude? I don't know, man. I, you know, what I, that, that's why you got to go to these live events. You, you never know what, what's going to happen. And yeah, that is really tone in the chat. And tone will be on the show this week in Bitcoin soon enough. I'm going to get it all on on here. Maybe next week, the week after, and uh, we'll we'll talk more about Las Vegas. Where I, I put him on right now. We're basically at the end of the show. So there's no point. He'll he'll be on a scheduled show, so everyone can get a. Uh, 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 pumped up about that. But yeah, it's unbelievable that Bitcoin is 13 years old, that it's reached its bar mitzvah age. Um, that was qu quite a grand time in my life. And it's quite a grand time in uh, in Bitcoin's life. Uh, also, it's a time flow moment of it. So let's go to uh, Brandon here. What do you think? Uh, put it in perspective, 13 years and you know the last four years have been insane. The last year, it just... It, it's packed full of all sorts of fun. It seems like we get more and more uh, fun in smaller uh, time periods as we move on here. So what, what's up with Bitcoin being 13 in your head, Brandon? Yeah, a couple of things come to mind. Uh, first, it, it's the first time that Bitcoin is officially a teenager. So it's kind of fun to compare it to humans and what does a 13 year old person do and act like, right? Kind of starting to come into their own, leave the nest a little bit. They try to go hang out with their friends instead of their family, a little more attitude, a little more formidable, right? All these kind of fun parallels come up. And it, looking back, it's insane what's happened in 13 years, right? Satoshi just send, sent out some not that great code uh, and a white paper. And all of a sudden that idea bootstrapped itself into a trillion dollar network with hundreds of millions of people. Uh, owning the asset and tens of thousands of people dedicating all their time and talents to building this thing. Uh, that's pretty remarkable. But at the same time, it, it's still small. It's still relatively vulnerable. It has a long way to go. And so I think just having kind of both of those two in your mind at, at the same time is interesting. And I actually uh, just sent out a newsletter. I, I work at Swan Bitcoin and we just sent out our newsletter this morning and we did a year in review. And so the five bullet points, we, we essentially picked out the five most important events of the last year. And I'll just rattle them off quick. The first one is the great miner migration, uh, which Root touched on earlier. Essentially, China shot themselves in the foot by kicking out all the miners. And their loss is North America's gain, which is where a lot of that hash power went. And why would China do this? Um, it appears that China is known for these geopolitical blunders. Um, historically, I think it was in the 1600s. Maybe, the, maybe a little bit earlier, the Chinese merchant fleet, their ships were the most powerful in the world. So they essentially owned the seas. And that merchant fleet became too powerful. The merchant class became too powerful that China just decided to burn all their merchant fleet. And what did that do? Well, it kind of uh, eliminated this power structure that was competing with the central government, the merchants, and it gave the seas to Europe. Uh, quickly after the Dutch owned the seas, uh, they, they created the world reserve currency due to these trade networks. And if if China didn't uh, shoot themselves in the foot, then we'd probably be speaking Chinese in the U.S. right now. And so small, small little actions like that have massive geopolitical consequences. And I, and I compare the kicking out the miners identical to that. So a big risk is gone for Bitcoin. That's very positive for the price as well. Um, the second big thing this last year was El Salvador adopting Bitcoin as legal tender. 
I think everyone in Bitcoin could uh, talk about a future where nation states were adopting Bitcoin. But the fact that it happened in 2021 is very surprising. Um, I hope you see more countries follow in 2022. Uh, the third one is the Lightning Network growth. Um, you know, it's been in talks for seven years now or something like that. And growth has been really slow, admittedly. Uh, but I think this year was the first year that it started to grow exponentially. And it's still tiny, but we're seeing it trend in the right direction. Very optimistic. Lots of building there. Um, we also got Taproot, a nice, a nice upgrade. We'll take years to see benefits from that, just like Segwit. Um, and the last one is Bitcoin went institutional, right? Yeah, we have like the Tesla's MicroStrategy Square, but we also have a lot of surprising ones like pensions and insurance companies, which are historically very, very risk adverse. And so if they are buying Bitcoin, you know, who, who is left from a category standpoint? Um, I don't know. I, I only see positive things coming out of institutional adoption going forward, especially as the fiat regime unravels. So big year for Bitcoin. 2022 might even be bigger. I, I you know, it reminded me what you just said, bring up the pensions are even buying in, into it. Like the uh, was it the Houston firefighters of pension. I mean, yeah, it, it, un, we wouldn't be able to imagine this back in 2016. This is a dream come true. And now people don't even make that big, big of a deal that, uh, I mean, it was expected that it would happen, uh, but more and more are going to do it. And that just makes it uh, more scarce. So let's be ready uh, for 2022. And in this bar mitzvah year, one thing that I think, uh, I want to make one little prediction that I, I should have made la last week, but something that I've noticed, you know, Glenn Greenwald, I mean, he, he's not a libertarian. He's not a conservative of, uh, of, of any stripe. Um, he deals with the uh, liberal politics and, uh, you know, he says what he believes. He's been getting into uh, Bitcoin. He's been interviewing uh, some interesting Bitcoin people uh, that may not all agree with here. And I think, you know, even though I said that we're going to experience a lot of energy FUD, this is going to be the year, and it already started in 2021, that some of these people who do not, you know, quote unquote, make, you know, aren't the traditional uh Bitcoin type of people. There really is no such thing as a traditional Bitcoin type of person. But we're going to get some people from the left side of the aisle that are that are smart, that aren't just like, I must hate everything that my enemy, that helps my enemy or that helps other people. Um, they're going to start speaking up. There are going to be some people from that are on the left side that will become uh, more uh, publicly uh, pro-Bitcoin. And I think over the long term, that is, that is going to help things and that will eventually be able to fight all the ridiculous fud that's out there. But when you, when you see Glenn Greenwald uh, start to get interested in it and uh, really putting a, uh, a lefty spin on it, and, 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 and just it's, it's good because Bitcoin, it's for enemies, it's for, it's for everyone. And there is no left and right in Bitcoin. It, it doesn't care about your politics. And I think he's starting to grasp that. And I think uh, people from all sorts of political uh, sides are going to realize that in 2022. And it's unfortunate that it's, it's going to they need to follow the leader a lot. You, you need like some of these people need people to speak up because it's just unfortunately, it seems to be default for people to be collectivist that, that need uh, so-called leaders that, you know, tell them what to do. But whatever, if they need a spark from some leftist leader, this is going to be the time that it happens. Again, be a unique beast. Think for yourself. Get into Bitcoin because it helps you, not because some person telling you that it helps the collective 
or that it's going to help you, you know, decide on your own. But most people cannot decide on their own. They need some inspiration. We're going to get some leftist inspiration this year. Uh, it, it is a prediction of, of, of mine. Uh, and uh, Rational Root, do you have anything to say about that? Well, yeah, well said, uh, everything, both of you guys. Um, yeah, I think uh, still, to, uh, you mentioned Taproot uh, there for a little bit. Uh, so basically, Segwit got us lightning, right? And Taproot uh, still, I mean, uh, we, we will still have yet to see what it brings in the future. But uh, I think some still interesting things that people don't know that much about is that the real DeFi is really being built on Bitcoin. I mean, we got platforms like Sovereign, which uh, you can have decentralized collateral, like loans based on Bitcoin as collateral. And uh, that that to me is like the real DeFi, you know, that's still to flourish in the next years. I think that's going to, you know, uh, going to be a big thing, actually, to be honest. And and, and there's still very little known about it uh, these days uh, because it's still an alpha version. You know, like it works already, but it's an alpha version. You know, once those things get in beta or actually really, truly start working properly. Uh, yeah, I think uh, we're, so many things are bullish on Bitcoin, to be honest. I, you know, actually, everything is bullish on Bitcoin except for the price momentarily. Right. Like so. Uh, so I think, uh, yeah, the only thing. Yeah. So we, we talked you talked about proof of stake as a threat. Uh, yeah, I, I think you're right there. Uh, you know, that might still cause, you know, I, unfortunately, centralized parties are incentivized probably through proof of privilege or, you know, through privilege to to maintain that sort of narrative, you know, to maintain power. And uh, yeah, so, so yeah, I, I we cannot write that off yet, you know, unfortunately. But, uh, but I'm sure, yeah, like uh, the facts are on our side, Brandon. So uh, yeah, I think that's, uh, that's true. All right. I want to, I just got an email from the Bitcoin at 2022 conference. The prices increase in a week. So use that discount code. People get your tickets now. Uh, all right. So we're, we're at the end of, and it's April 6th to 9th in uh, Miami beach, Florida, 30,000 freaking people there. It is going to be wild. Uh, I'm going to see Brandon there again under the Swan tent, or maybe there won't be tents this time, but, but who knows? So Brandon, tell us about what you're doing and anything about Swan. And anything else that you want to add uh, that, that was left out? Any stories you want to share? Yeah, I mean, first off, thanks for having me. These are always fun. Um, I don't know how you have so much energy in your intro. Uh, you have a real skill there. Nice to meet you, Root. Uh, glad we had a chance to talk. Uh, I think we could go on, on, on these ideas for a long time. Uh, with regards to sort of a wrap-up, let's see. I, I would just say... Spend more time understanding proof of work. Even as Bitcoiners, I think we understand this the least. And I think it's going to be the biggest battle of the decade with regards to Bitcoin is proof of work against big climate. Um, we've said this a million times. The, proof, the truth is on our side, um, but perception is reality. And so we need to change the perception around this thing if we're going to win this fight. Um, maybe, maybe we're wrong. Maybe Bitcoin's impervious to these attacks, but I would rather be overprepared rather than uh, get blindsided by this. So let, let's all step up and do the work on that one. Um, if you want to connect with me, Twitter's the best place, B Quidum, uh, that's just B and then my last name. Um, and then please read this essay, give, give me some feedback. Um, I've been thinking about these ideas for a long time, finally put them out there and I would love to get some feedback in real time. Um, yeah, otherwise my writing's at brandonquidum.com. Really appreciate you guys hanging out with us. All right, dudes, they all three of the guests, but one of them never got to speak, but they're all linked below on Twitter. So follow them. Proof of work versus big climate is a battle that this decade, this golden age, we're going to see. I like that term. I like that. 
proof of work versus big climate. I, I do have, you inspire me to ask you one last question. Uh, in the end of the day, in the end, within two years, do you think uh, uh, Bitcoin will be the only one using proof of work, the only cryptocurrency out there? All, all the other ones will be scared away, won't they? Uh, and but they'll, they'll be all peer pressured into leaving proof of work. I think I think Bitcoin will be the only one left, and maybe not in two years, but it, it's the only one that's got the cojones to stick with what's real, which is which is going to be really awesome. But do you see that happening, Brandon? Uh, yeah, well, we're already kind of seeing this, right? New blockchains do not launch with proof of work, um, and I think that you know I guess there's a lot here, right? Like I think proof of stake is not necessarily. A technology that has no value. I just think if you're going to make a global neutral base money, it has to be on proof of work, right? Proof of stake is fine for your JPEGs or for your gaming applications or all these things that don't really need to be decentralized. And so fine, go make whatever you want on Solana with proof of stake, but money needs to be proof of work. And so will there be more proof of work chains in the future? No. Um, primarily because Bitcoin already is the global money of the internet and it would be almost impossible for someone to unseat it at this time. And so, yeah, we only really have the, the need for one proof of work chain. And so there's no sense in creating a new one. Um, yeah. Combined with the regulatory headache or the, the headwinds uh, culturally are against proof of work. Yeah. There's just no, there's no reason to build more of them. Um, yeah. That's what I think. Beautiful. You're beautiful because you brought up a point that I brought up before too, that Bitcoin is money. It's the world reserve cryptocurrency. The other things out there, you know, NFTs, that's the use proof of stake for that. That's cool. And then everyone can be happy. I, I think, I think we just look at it that way. Bitcoin won the money war and the other ones can uh, do all sorts of creative metaverse ever in the land of proof of stake or whatever the heck they're doing over there. And uh, we should be happy and let them go their way. Bitcoin will go its way. And yeah. And then the, we got to deal with the rest of the world, just thinking that proof of work is this evil thing, but whatever. Um, okay. So root your, your final thoughts, anything you've got to add. And yeah. you know, yes. Yeah. So uh, actually one thing that came to mind about proof of work uh, when you just mentioned it now was like, they, they actually tried to proof of work is an old, technique you know that's been used before you know before bitcoin was ever invented uh, and and i thought of email you know like so <laughs> talking about inefficiency like 90 percent of the email traffic is is spam yet we still use it you know like today and uh, you know should we all ban email because you know it's inefficient uh no right because it's it's useful and uh so uh, but proof of work was you tried there as well you know on email so actually you know you had to do like play a little game or so before sending an email so that would disencourage spamming right and it, it was very effective on spam but obviously nobody wants wants you know go through the hassle of of doing this you know but, but so bitcoin really you know made proof of work come to fruitation you know and that that's i think uh, you know satoshi did an incredible job there and uh yeah so that just came to mind that uh, that it was used on email before unsuccessfully and uh, but it was still beneficial in a way you know it, it it would have caused the network to be become very efficient in terms of like no spam uh but you know not not very useful you know uh, not user friendly to use so so that was a big trade-off that didn't work there but for bitcoin it does work and that is awesome All right. I, I want to say one thing that uh, comment on what Brandon said before, too, about China. Yeah, they did the wrong thing. They've done it before. 
Don't, a lot of people, unfortunately, during the last two years, think thinks China tells the truth about everything, and they they can through their centralized fascist control. It's so efficient. Look how they got rid of the virus. Yeah, whatever. And uh, no, it's when when you've got this centralized uh, control, they can make horrific decisions very easily. Also, and uh, it, it it they they made a very bad decision here, and it's going. It, it will cost. Hopefully, it'll bring about the overthrow of their centralized fascist system uh, when when people uh, become poorer over there, and uh, th- hopefully they notice that in the West uh, we become more free. Uh, but again, so yeah, stop putting China on a pedestal, people. Also, they they can make mistakes; they're not super geniuses. Can I make uh, a so, comment on that? Yes, please. Yeah, so China is more efficient, right? Anytime you centralize control, centralize decision making, you can make decisions quicker and more efficiently. China tomorrow can say we're going to build 30 nuclear reactors and convert to a nuclear country, which they're looking like they're going to do. And that's good for the environment and that's good for China, right? So that's that's a pro for authoritarianism. They're also very efficient at rounding up the Uyghurs and performing a genocide. They're also efficient at uh, managing their population through social credit systems, right? So efficiency cuts both ways. And if they make a mistake, they efficiently made a mistake, right? And compared to America, yes, we have outrageous bureaucracy, right? Uh, That slows us down. But that also, quote unquote, gives us checks and balances. That makes us uh, more, makes us inefficient at making bad decisions too, Right. So that slows down poor decisions and the trade off in a more decentralized nation, which is what America is supposed to be. um, The trade off there is that we're actually more resilient. Okay, so theoretically, uh, bad decisions do not get implemented as easily because the conversation takes more time to play out, more people get to weigh in, blah, blah, blah. And so that's part of the reason why American, uh, the American government, at least on paper, is the best form of government ever created. Uh, You can look at the results. They speak for themselves. But you can also look at how long the system's been actively implemented. Right. It's very rare for governments to go this long. And that's due to intelligent designing from our forefathers. These are things like the centralization of power, um, individual property rights, individual freedoms. These things matter. Um, You might be noticing the parallel with Bitcoin here. Yes, there's a lot of parallels with Bitcoin. Bitcoin uh, appears to be more or less American values instantiated into an autonomous protocol. It's essentially a government in a box replicating similar values. And okay, people say freedom. Why does that matter? Are you just some libertarian who wants to like circle jerk around about freedom? Well, yes, I am. But also it's practical. Okay. Freedom matters. Um, And it matters because free countries, and this is all backed with good data, free countries are the ones who produce innovation. And innovation produces prosperity. You can go read a book by uh, Matt Ridley. I think the book's called Innovation. It's his newest book, great author. And he builds this case very clearly. Um, Freedom is the parent of innovation and the child. Wait, innovation is the parent of prosperity and the child of freedom or some quote like that. Um, And I would like to take this one step further. Bitcoin is freedom money. Bitcoin produces freedom. Freedom produces innovation. And innovation produces prosperity. So if you want prosperity, you want Bitcoin. Down that like button for innovation. I, I cannot stress it enough. I mean, that's such an important aspect of this world that people uh, take for granted. They really take it. And you're, you're, you're reading Matt Ridley. Are you reading Alex Epstein also by any chance? 
I haven't, but I would like to. I'm a fan of Alex. I haven't read his book yet. The bookshelf I mean. is long and my time is limited. Well, again, Alex Epstein is, is a guy who's on the same page as you when it comes to, to energy. You know, he, he, he straight up, he's doing a great service to this, uh, to our culture by putting it out there that we need to use energy to end up with innovation and, and a better way of life. So, uh, I'm trying to tie it all together there, but very, very good. Very, very, very great points uh, as always. And we will leave it with the, uh, the rational root. What you, I mean, there's a lot of people don't know your rational root. They know you from Twitter, but they haven't heard you. So I just want to, you know, get, get your final takes on, on what you're doing and, uh, just, uh, and final thoughts here. Yeah, I've, I've not been very active in podcasts and so forth. So uh, I've been, I'm, you know, I'm an analyst, so I'm more like behind my computer and just looking at data. And uh, so, uh, but, but, you know, I just tried to contribute to Bitcoin. You know, I've, I've been thinking for quite some time how I could contrib contribute to Bitcoin. And obviously, like, I still think just holding Bitcoin is the best thing you can do to contribute to Bitcoin. Um, uh, so there is actually no need to do more, but if you can do more, like obviously everything is welcome. And uh, yeah, I think just my, the, the, you know, the things I could do is like uh, analyze data and help people, you know, see that, you know, we're in a long-term bull trend and uh, show this through, uh, you know, innovative charts and, uh, you know, to, 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 to I, people like price data, you know, like uh, price is important to people and uh, the higher the price goes, obviously the more it attracts people. And so it, uh, so that's uh, how, how I felt I could contribute to Bitcoin and the people seem to like it. Uh, so, uh, so that's good, you know, uh, for the rest. Yeah, I don't, I don't have much to say. Uh, I think, uh, thank you for inviting me, uh, Adam. Like, uh, you know, as I said, I've seen your show uh, even back in 2016. Uh, I mean, uh, it, it was good to, you know, you're, you were spreading the word, you know, to look, think long-term and to think of the next having. And you, you, you had a daily show back then. I don't know if that's still going now, but, but, uh, but yeah, uh, it, it helped. And uh, so it's great to be on your show now. And uh, yeah, uh, thanks. Thank you so much. Yeah, man. The, the, what I've been preaching all along is, dude, don't, you don't have to do something with your Bitcoin. Holding it, is, it that's doing something. And dude, if you've been holding it, since uh, you were watching my show back in 2016, then uh, you're doing uh, very well. Uh, and uh, there's there's plenty of people that say, they come up to me and they say, yeah, I have been watching your show since 2016. You made me a freaking millionaire. Pound that like button. All right, on that note, I got to say it is Friday. I'm in Fayetteville, Arkansas for the first time ever. It's a little cold, but it's going to get warmer. Shabbat Shalom, everybody. We do this uh, show every Friday, basically. Tone Bays is going to make an appearance soon. Come down to Miami. We are super spreading the Bitcoin 2022 conference. Yeah, we use that super spreading term for our advantage. Last year, they said, oh, you guys super spread lie. Uh, we are super spreading Bitcoin information here on this channel at the Bitcoin 2022 conference, April uh, 6th to 9th in Miami. We're actually in 2022 now. We're living in the freaking future. This used to sound so freaking futuristic. And now we're there and we're one day closer an all-time high people so i know most of you dudes have strong hands and don't believe the we can't hype but man there are going to be a lot of people that regretted what they did this week by uh having their weak hands i'm glad that the people who watch this show they got the strongest hands around and they're going to tell stories of this time when this year started and uh look back one day you're watching this in the six digit realm you're mighty happy now in the future 
So pound that like button, Shabbat Shalom. I'm Adam Meister, Bitcoin Meister. Thank you again, guest. And uh, yeah, we will uh, see you soon. Uh, and uh, yeah, one Bitcoin show, we need 67 more bucks for. So keep on donating, people. We'll get another one one of these days. See ya. Thank you, everybody. Woohoo. All right. Good one. Uh, let me just stop it on this end.